So either get loose or you ought to get lost Cause I'm just about ready to do my thing I'm a stone cold rapping West Cliff machine Hello and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness The Warrior Way A Westcliff University Athletics Podcast As always, I am joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris Yay, yay and I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. We have got an outstanding podcast for you today and a very special guest who we wanted to have on long before this, but we are very happy that he is joining us this morning as we are going to delve into part two of follow the money. There's still a lot to talk about where the influence of money on sports, on athletes, and our sporting culture. But before we get to that, we have to do our fast, fun facts. Uh, Sean, I got to ask you a question. Think about this for just a second. There is only one city in the United States where all the major sports teams, which is Major League Baseball, NHL, and NFL, have the same colors for all of their jerseys. Do you know which city that is? It's the, there's only one. I'm going to say Phoenix. No, not exactly. Mm. You're close. Mm. No, you're not even close. What's one of your favorite football teams of all time? Uh, I don't know, sure. I mean, if you're asking me, I'm a fan, man. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, so. There. there. Follow what? that. Follow that trail. What? Pittsburgh. What? Every Pittsburgh team, every sporting professional major league, NFL, hockey team from Pittsburgh is black and gold. Black right? and gold, baby. I should have yep. known that. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's why I bring it up. You know the fast facts have a lot to do with you. Hey, right? I kn- you know what, Sherm? Uh, you, you might as well stop calling it fast facts and just call it, you know, Stump Sean. Cause, oh, okay, you know, let's call I mean, it that. Because, I mean, haters will hate, baby. It don't matter. <laughs> okay. Haters will hate. And it sounds like you got a lot of haterade in your voice this morning. Really? SMH? You know, I got you, so you know, much just, yeah, you so know, I mean, hate. you know, you're just a hater. You know what I'm saying? But I love you. That's the difference, man. I, I love you, but but okay. I should have known that. I mean, let's talk about Pittsburgh real quick. I mean, okay. a lot of history, right? I mean, nobody want to talk about Barry Bonds. You know, started there. I mean, that's really that's where, where he, he 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 laid it up, right? He did all his work there. Um, you know, we got Wiz Khalifa. You know, what I'm saying out of Pittsburgh. Oh my. Ooh, yeah. Wiz yeah. Khalifa. You know, then we got you know, of course, my beloved Steelers. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Nobody got more championships than us. Don't be hating, okay? Nobody got more championships than us, okay? Mm-hmm, we want to mm-hmm. talk about San Fran and the West Coast offense. Let's talk about those Lombardis, okay? Mm. Let's talk about the hardware. We got six of them. Everybody chasing us. Yeah. So and Sid the Kid. Sid, Sid the, the kid. kid. Oh, my, I mean, come on now. Sid the Kid mm. is a special dude, right? You know, special dude. So, I mean, you know, that's that's really the deal, man. You know what I mean? Well, you know. When you talk Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has a bit of a stigma to it because of the, you know, they're called the Steelers because of the Steel Town moniker that goes along with them, that blue collar Steel Town. But it's really not that way anymore. And people don't know that. It's a very cosmopolitan built up city. There's a lot to do. It's not that throwback Steel Town city of just all blue collar workers. It's very different than it is now. Very cosmopolitan. So Pittsburgh, really one of those up and coming places. I think it's pretty well kept secret. No. In terms of in terms of what to do and theater and restaurants and all of that, it's not the first thing that comes to mind, but it certainly is one of those great cities. Yeah, definitely. You get a chance to play there, sure. 
in your career? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, I never got a chance to play in Pittsburgh. So um, I, you, you I don't know even why, know if right? I've ever been through Pittsburgh now that I think about you, it. You know why, right? Because we, we don't. I wasn't good enough. Yeah, That's I mean, why. I mean, and you're a loser. And okay. you're a loser. We, we don't take uh, losers over there. I mean, come on. Really? Now. Loser! I got a I got a a World Series championship hey, ring out of college. You know what? We'll talk about that another time. But I, okay. I think you were Bobby Boucher on that team. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. I mean, I think you was Bobby Boucher on that team. But we'll we'll talk about that another time. I mean, all I don't right. want to disrespect all the other folks that actually put in the work. So mm. you know, okay. I mean, just because you had be, a jersey, don't mean I you just rode the coattails, huh? Uh, that was it. No, you. You, you carry bags, sir. You, oh, you as carry. a matter of fact, I got a funny story about that. I'll share a little bit later on yeah. another podcast. You know, I, hey, I got some sources though, sir. Before, okay. and, and they told me you was just putting the lines on the field, and then you bailed out. That, that's <laughs> all. I but uh, hey, you know, but you know, I got to ask TMZ to to verify a little bit more. Okay, all right. Hey, I want I want to do one other fast fact, and I want to stay in the uh, state of Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, this is this is interesting. Now, Wilt Chamberlain was not necessarily the first pick in 1957. He was actually the third pick. Yeah, there were a who couple. was stupid now, on that draft? They did, yeah, no kidding. They did something called a territorial pick, mm. and he, he was the first territorial pick, and for the area. Now, the interesting thing is because he grew up in Philly, right? Philly? Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly chose him. Now, here's the interesting thing about him. He played 1,045 games in his career, and he never fouled out. Which I think is unbelievable. Hey, they were scared I mean, to call a foul, man. Well, you know, you you talk about game changers, and you could say, yeah, he dominated the game, but he was when you change the rules of a sport because of a person, that is a game changer. That's like getting legislation changed. I mean, we have the three second rule in basketball because of Will Chamberlain. Right there, they, he he set so many records and dominated the game that they had to change the game. Otherwise, it just would have been unfair, and and it it probably should have been because, I mean, the guy scored a hundred points. Come on, now in one game, he was a walking and, bucket, sure. That's what we yeah, call a he, walking bucket. Okay, yeah. and he was agile. He could do it all. He was a hell of an athlete. At that point, seven footers wasn't doing what he needed to do. I mean, we could say that you know, running the floor, blocks, getting everything. I mean. He invented that, man. He was a prototype for, for centers. I mean, we might not want to give him credit for it, but he could do it all. He was agile. He was slim. He could get up and down the court. He could rebound. He was transformational. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had a few transformational athletes along the way. Uh, and uh, certainly, you know, Wilt comes to mind when you think of basketball. There are plenty of others in some of the other sports, but they didn't change the game where the rules were structured around that individual person. Right. So, I mean, he and and I bring up Wilt Chamberlain for a couple of reasons. One in particular is because he's basketball. And right. that is my segue into our guest today. Uh, we are very fortunate to have um, an amazing man on with us today, uh, Deshaun Harris, and we're going to get into uh, Deshaun's history here in just a little bit and his relationship with this program. Deshaun, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Um, I, I, I'm excited. And like you said, it's a long time coming. I'm a huge fan of the of the podcast and I listen to it every week. So I'm excited to be here. Well, one of the reasons that uh, we were excited to have you on is you're a sports agent, and we're going to talk about that a little bit 
and uh, in particular with basketball. Now, I know you know a bit about sports uh, more than just basketball. I know you uh, your expertise is in that sport. But before we get to that, got to ask you very quickly that or inform our listeners that you are our dean of athletics, Sean Harris's son, correct? Yep. Okay. Which, where are you in the line? Because Sean has middle. a... Oh, you're the middle. Okay. I'm the, I'm the middle child. Okay. Uh, fortunately. All right. So you've got one older and one younger brother. Hey, Is that I, right? I swear on record while we banging on wax right now that, mm-hmm. hey, we, we didn't do him like J. Cole was talking about. Okay. So he, he is the middle child, but he had, he got some blessings, you know, he didn't get stuck in the middle, you know, and, um, you know, no, no middle child syndrome. Yeah. No middle child syndrome. Uh, Sherm, I know you're not up on your rap game. Okay. So I understand that because let me me just digress this a little bit. Cause when we talked about Pittsburgh, I thought you was going to come back with some heat too, but you didn't. You know what no, I mean? I, I thought no, you I was going to come down. back with, like, okay, you know, Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa, whatever. And then, you know, rest in peace to my man, Mac Miller. You know, uh, you yeah, know so, yeah. you know, he's a legend in the game. I thought you was going to come back with some heat, and I was trying to let you go, but I'm not going to disrespect Pittsburgh like that. Black and <laughs> Yellow, not. Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. We got we, we to gotta shout out and rep well, you that. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we, we well, can we, get back up, Khalifa. but you need to get your game up. So I think today, at some point, while we got this esteemed guest on, you got to drop a line. You got to drop oh some verses. Gosh. You got to drop the Houdini verse. You said you had Houdini in the bag. You missed the Mac Miller reference. You missed Wiz Khalifa, Black and Yellow. Before we get popping, and I think Deshaun would agree, we got to hear what's in your bag. If not, hey, you was just a fake. Okay? You was really? a fake. So you See, need to come to the table since you missed two legendary Two legendary Pittsburgh dudes, you know, mm. on, on the bars. You got to yeah. come with something right now. Okay. <laughs> okay I, you got to come what. with something right now. I need some heat right now. All right. Wiz Khalifa's black and yellow, uh, the inspiration for that was, were the colors of uh, the the sports team. Oh, okay, Captain Obvious. So, okay, so we that understand was, that. Come on. Yeah, I but, want you come with some bars. I know, but here's here's my problem. I'm not. I don't have a great deal of knowledge of Wiz Khalifa songs. I can drop Houdini. That's not a problem. Okay, I we'll drop it then. Let, hey, Houdini is a legend in the game. Old school, really, really old school. But the freaks did oh, yeah. come out at night. They did. Yep. And five you, you minutes know, of funk. Five minutes of funk. Okay, then drop that five minutes of funk. Then really, you want to call really? it out? Let's call it well, out. Let's go. You, Here's it. You called me out last time, and I dropped. Okay, uh, well, you stalling right now. You stalling right now. No, I'm not. Okay, okay. Are you, are you ready? I'm you, ready. You ready? I'm ready right now. Okay. Now the party didn't start till I walked in, mm. and I probably won't leave until the thing ends. Now, in the meantime, and in, in between, between time, time, if you work your way, then and I work, work mine. mine. We came here together so we could have fun. Mm. Me and you, baby, going one on one. Now this is the last chance for us to get off. So either get loose or you ought to get lost. Because mm. I'm just about ready to do my thing. I'm a stone cold rapping West Cliff machine. Oh, okay, sir. Oh, ooh, you hot sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. Okay. Hey, sure, okay. dog. And I, okay, hey, sure. You got but your, I don't, you got your I don't card wanna, back. Really? You got the card back. You know, I that took is, it from you for a minute. You that know. implies but, that I lost it. Hey, you <laughs> did lose it. You did lose okay. it. You I mean you don't bring up Mac Miller and Black and Yellow? You lost your card. But hey, Pittsburgh forgives you. I forgive you. So I don't have to keep going. No, nah, no, nah, we good. We good. We good. Hey, I'm with a real one today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm with a real one today. I love sharing this podcast with a real one today. Sherm, doggy dog. Okay. 
All right, so I, I'm going to have to just stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Damn right. right? That's, what, okay. that's what's up, baby. Hey, <laughs> okay. hey, two pounds to the chest. Yeah, baby, baby, baby. All right, so I got my respect back. All you right. got it I'm, back. I'm happy about that. Sweating. All right, the reason I don't want to make it about me is because we have to make it about our guest today. Absolutely. Deshaun, Deshaun Harris, who's got quite a, a history in just a very short amount of time. Now, you're uh, Sean's middle child, and um, tell me uh, something about your childhood that... Uh, without revealing too much, would be of interest to our listeners uh, in relation to your father. Do you have a story or something you can share with us? I could, I could say that it's not particularly a story, okay. but um, there's, there's, um, we were fortunate. We're, we're, we've been fortunate to be exposed to everything at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a sociological term called concerted cultivation. But basically, it's the practice of integrating your children in all areas without, you know, without a uh, without pausing for the surrounding and knowing that you belong in these areas. And uh, having having parents that did that, and having having my father, who was okay with taking me to four to five star restaurants as a child, and not not caring who who looks at him, and, and still being able to teach me the etiquette of. Uh, being in restaurants to being in public settings, my parents never held back and taken us anywhere with us. Um, especially being parents at a, at a younger age, uh, that's something I, I really appreciate, and I, I don't think a lot of parents practice that. So, a little bit of concerted cultivation today. Hmm, that's interesting, and that shaped your life very early, then, didn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. So I'm wondering, you know, years ago. You were going to four and five star restaurants as a child. That's awesome. <laughs> were Were you able to comprehend the world around you at that point? And I I ask only because you know when we're when we're at a young age, sometimes all we see is a restaurant. We don't necessarily see that it's a five star restaurant. I mean, I don't know that I would be able to comprehend the enormity of what's happening around me when I was that young. Right. You know, I understand that you get older, the blessings that you have and, and the situations that you're Good put point. in. Um, but it, it when you grow up in that you know type of environment to where um, you're not you're not missing any meals you're not you're not struggling for anything or, or wanting for anything um, a lot of a lot of a lot of children or a lot of people can can come up either you know unappreciative of that or don't take advantage of it and our, our parents made sure we did that all mm-hmm. the way through and through and, and now later on um, and, and as, as I'm growing up I I want to share that with my children and I understand that that's a unique thing, but also um, in comparison to people of different socioeconomic statuses, it's something that not a lot of people have the fortune, fortune of doing so. So I would say that's a, that's a small nugget. Like my parents are never afraid to take us anywhere, never afraid to expose us to any situation and we're better off for it. Hmm. That that's an important part of the upbringing that that's that's co- that's very cool that that's awesome I, i'm i'm just i love to hear stuff like that um especially in this day and age it, it just is really a neat um thing that's very unique i guess you might say hey did you play sports when you were growing up when you were a kid i did i did play a little bit of basketball played uh, a little a little bit of football and a little bit of track i wouldn't okay. say i was particularly particularly great at any of them but i got to learn a lot got to learn a lot of what it takes to be um, okay. A, a dynamic athlete, and got to observe a lot of great dynamic athletes, and and that kind of shaped nice. know, what I, I want, what I'm doing today. So. Okay. So was basketball 
basketball your favorite sport? Oh, by far, basketball is my favorite sport. Okay. Um, I, I like I like the way they dribbled up and down the court, sure does. Um, and, and I was I was very obsessed with that from a young age, and, and my dad um, kind of my dad my, my dad fueled that obsession, um, and it was it was amazing to be able to see what he did in his in his own respective career, and and be involved and uh, you know build build my own my own small time career definitely nice not a, a college world series like you or um, a high school going to the high school championship like my father, but. Definitely got to be a lot of, around around a lot of great athletes and experience to have a good mm. good high school experience. Nice. So, did you did you have good handle? You know what, Sherm? <laughs> that was the weakest. That's the weakest part of my game until, <laughs> until today. The weakest okay. part of my game. They, uh, I'm a three and D guy. I'm a three and D. All guy. right, you're gonna have. I'm a spot up in the corner. I'm gonna play my role and I'm play defense. Okay, you're gonna have to help me out here. What's the weakest part of your dad's role? Your father's role? Because uh, your his game. Because you know we got a one on one coming up, right? Sure. So you're gonna have to give me a little help there. What's the weakest part of your, of your father's game? Hey, Sherm, before uh, before I get kicked off, I'm the guest. I'm, I'm going to say nothing. Oh, <laughs> I'm oh going to give you the, the the PC answer. He has no weaknesses. Thanks. Yeah. I can't give away the scout. Can't give away the scout report. Thanks for the help. I'll call you when we're finished here, and we'll have a one-on-one and talk about that. So, all right. Now, you know what? Let, let's uh, let me ask you this: As you were growing up, um, you know, there comes a point in every athlete's career when he or she realizes that uh, it's probably not going to happen on the field of play anymore. Whether you get to the highest point or it's junior high, wherever it is, you realize you might not be able to make a career out of this anymore. Did you think that you wanted to be a sports agent? Was that your focus most of the time uh, as you were growing up? Yeah, yes. I would say pretty early on, maybe around my, my junior year of high school, um, maybe even earlier, um, mm-hmm. I realized that I wanted to be in the sports business in, in some way. I realized I was not going to be a professional athlete, um, and I just wanted to wanted to stay as close to sports as possible, and 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 truly make it truly figure out how I can make my imprint within the sports world. Okay. Um, so that realization did come early. Nice, Sherm. Sherm, you know he he told me this when he was a freshman in high school. So the one thing about Deshaun was he was good at sports, but he knew early that he didn't want to play sports professionally or pursue it uh, after, you know, high school, even though I tried to talk him into it because he was a natural athlete, but he knew he wanted to get on the business side of it. You know, like, for instance, his first year of trying track, he he was PR and he had a good track deal. You know, he was good. First time he went out for football with no really prior experience, you know, he – was competing for the starting wide receiver position, you know, but he didn't want to continue in that capacity. And then when I was training Dom, I was trying to coax him in because he could easily got a D1 scholarship in the Ivy League. That's probably where his trajectory was going. But he decided not to. And we recently had a conversation. He was like, man, Dad, I probably should have just went ahead and did it Mm -hmm. because the camaraderie of sports is what's so unique. And I tease you, Sherm, and you're a hell of an athlete, but I tease you. But just being a part of a team in that locker room or in that clubhouse is just amazing. The the things you get to learn from other guys, you know, and girls, if you, you know, a female athlete, you know, it's just 
it's transcending who you are and your character and what it takes. I mean, you cry together, you sweat together, you you care for you know one another. You you're in close proximity. So I just wanted him to get that experience of what it takes to to do something at the highest level as a team. And sports give you that opportunity to do that at a younger age. So, I mean, me and my wife, you know, you know, that's my best friend right there. And she pushes and inspires me. But, you know, it takes two people, you know, to get it done. I would love to take a lot of credit, even though I'm the visionary in my family. And she's the execution, you know, execution piece. You know, nobody executes as hard as she does for, for, for my family. But, um, you know, we did it early. You know, when I had my leadership academy, you know, he was dealing with parents, you know, not even outside of uh, middle school. I mean, one thing that me and my wife did because we both had a retail field background was we, we started businesses when they were young. So we had, I think, Deshaun, you was uh, the dishwashing business, right? So, and my um, my oldest son, Deontay, you know, I got three kings, Deontay, Deshaun, and, and, and Dominic. So um, Deontay had a laundry business in the house. So they were responsible for that. You know, Dom, I don't know what the hell Dom did. I think Dom just <laughs> did appropriate everything because he was the youngest. Eventually, he, he found his niche, but it wasn't enough c- compared to what those two was doing. So if dishes wasn't done, he had to report to us and tell us why, you know, mm-hmm. and they had to earn their allowance. So if they missed too many days of production, then they didn't get paid. So they understood the value of a dollar early. So they were truly the old, their own CEOs of the house, you know, and, and what it took to get it done. I think Don was on vacuum duty because he was younger. So I think he did that. And, and then once he put a ball in his hand, we couldn't find him. You know, he was outside, you know, um, shooting hoops, and uh, they were complaining about him, and he was trying to get him, these guys to get out there and beat him up. But that's that's kind of the mentality, you know, rich dad, poor dad mentality that I try mm-hmm. to give my kids at an early age. And we did go to five-star restaurants and Laurie's. I mean, all the big restaurants, and, and they had the etiquettes. And me and my wife used to get a lot of compliments about, you know, their behavior. But they've been there before, so... You know, I want them to understand that moment and make those mistakes under my leadership so when they get out here in the world and and ready to rip it up, you know, they've been there and they they had experienced that. Because it's never about age, it's about exposure. That's my belief. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's your level of exposure. So if you've never been on a level, you know, you don't know how to level up. And that's something that I was trying to teach them at an early age. Okay. Hey, so... Let me ask you a question. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but for our listeners, Sean, you are you have your sports agent certificate as well, correct? I do. I'm a WNBA junkie, really. Um, okay. I need to press forward on that. Westcliff takes a lot of my time, um, but but here's the interesting thing. Um, what I try to do is be the void or fill in the gap for my kids. So technically, right now, I'm working for Deshaun. You know, Deshaun. You know, uh, you know, I, I give him nuggets, but. You know, I'm working for him, you know, at the sports agency. He's he's the CEO. I mean, of course, I put the vision together and all those things, and he fulfilled those things. And, and here's the deal. He's the manifica- manifestation of everything that I wanted to be early mm-hmm. in my life, right? Um, you know, I got married at 21, Sherm, so I was raising kids. I didn't have a traditional 20s. You know, I had to mm-hmm. make it happen. Uh, my closest friends were 10 years older than us, and when I came to the PTA meetings, 
as a young father, they thought I was the brother, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, but hey, the vision is was always there and it's coming to fruition right now. So I'm extremely proud of this young man and all the accomplishments that he has done thus far and will continue to do and definitely God's blessing. So I just keep paving the road, man. Just keep paving okay. the road. Okay, so let's talk about some of those accomplishments. And one of the first things I've noticed on the list is that Deshaun, you completed 61 credits in one year in college. Is that correct? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, it's correct. A normal amount in a year is 30. So you, I, I, don't, I can't even fathom that. I mean, a lot of times people only take 24 in the course of one year. You took 61 units in one year. Uh, were, you, were you just trying to race through college as fast as possible? Or what was, the, what was your thinking about taking that many classes? I mean, that's 10 classes a semester. Yeah, so it, it's actually, a, a, I would say, a little bit more complex. Uh, coming out of high school, I, I specifically didn't get into the colleges that I wanted to get into. Um, so with that being said, I, I chose, a, a, I guess, a non-traditional route. And I decided to enroll in community college. Uh, as uh, while I was finishing up my last semester of high school with the, with the plan in place to, to try a transfer in a year. Um, and it was, it was interesting. Like you, I would go to the academic advisor's office and I had to get special approval to take course overload. And even then they were telling me, are you sure you want to do this? Like, so this is, this is probably not going to happen for you. Um, but we, we move forward, we move forward and we put our best foot forward. So, um, with the grace of God, I was, I was able to take about 11 classes uh, from that summer period, um, 12 in fall, and somewhere around like 13 or 12 in, 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 uh, in that spring period. Um, I got a, a great enough GPA. I believe I was at like a 3.7. And uh, I fortunately transferred from community college to, to UCSD, University of California, San Diego. And I was able to, to take a year off my belt and and save, save a lot of money for sure. Wow. And you know, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. Let me let me chime in. Like that's that's the the clean version. I'm gonna give you the explicit version. All right. So Deshaun was in AP classes all high school. Okay. I think you was like a four point whatever, maybe even four point five at one point, right? <clears throat> and really, what happened was, you know, he wanted to go to UCLA and some of these great schools, right? And basically, they sent a letter back and saying he was impacted, right? So because we lived in a different um, county, they had to take the kids from L.A. County first, right? Which pretty much put him on the doorstep like the Fred Flintstone, you know, putting out the little the dude outside, right? So <clears throat> that deflated him, you know, and I sat and we talked, you know, that my kid. And I saw, you know, he was starting to lose his gumption a little bit, to be honest with you. So I challenged him to create his own sunshine. And Deshaun remembered that conversation. It was explicit, okay? It was it was probably my best coaching job ever. You know, get up off the ground. It's like Rocky Balboa. You know what I'm saying? You ain't done yet, Rock. You're not done. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. You know what I'm saying? You're not done. It was one of those epic battles right there, right? So he said, hey, Dad, I saw, a, you know, somewhere on the Internet where I don't know if it was a kid or a dog, had, had did collegeconfidential.com. College yeah, there you go. He said, like you know, Reddit for college. Yeah, yeah. He said, I seen this done. You know, what you think about it? I said, shit, we can do it. Okay, we can do it. We can do this. We, we can make it happen. We can create our own sunshine. I said, 
I have built programs my whole life. I have done the impossible my whole life, right? I know it's in you. You share my DNA. You got my chromosomes. You can make it happen. And we came up with a great plan to make it happen. And I feel the same way about, you know, what we do in Westcliff. They said it couldn't be done. They telling me every day what we do can't be done. It can't be accomplished. You can't get in the NAIA in six months. We did that. Right. I knew we could do that. Right. And he knew that he could do that. So I said, forget them, you know, Sherm, for a lack of better words. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't that, you know, um, I think it started with an F, you know what I'm saying? But hmm. we got fired up, right? We got fired up. Like you, like any coach would put their best player out there. And he went and executed. So we were online, on ground, whatever. And that whole time frame, you know, um, I took time off. And I think I was taking you to pretty much all your classes, but a couple, you know, um, dropping them off and encouraging him. And we went into our bag and we came out and popped the trunk like Master P and said, Ugh! Na 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 na, let's go, you know. And we headed to one of the esteemed universities, you know, out there with UC San Diego. And then, um, you know, he was able to, uh, you know, flip that, graduate early, go pursue his master's degree, and, and got his master's degree in undergrad done in four, and it, it was history. But at that point, right there, is when he became limitless. And he became relentless because I, I seen that he during that time frame, when you take an A-B courses and you in this high level, you know, th those kids are a little entitled, to be honest with you. You know, they got their nose up a little bit. They never went through nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I took it out the mud, Sherm. You know, I'm from a small town, Berlin, Maryland, 21811. I had a great family, you know, but but I had to take it out the mud. You know what I mean? And and I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was providing a great, you know, life for my, my kids. But I wanted to make sure if he ever had a stumble in life, you know, as being a man of his household or being, a you know, a father, whatever, so so forth, he could pull it out the butt. And um, from there, it was on. So then it was easy, you know, when we thought about what's next and what's next. And, and you know, so he got activated. So that was the best thing that could ever happen. So shout out to UCLA for not taking my kid. You lost a good one. <laughs> and now, if I'm not mistaken, Deshaun, are you getting your doctorate at Grand Canyon University? Yes, sir. Okay. And Sean, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, at man. The same I'm, time. I'm trying to I'm trying to stay ahead of him, man. <laughs> but it's getting tough. You know, the, I don't think I'm gonna have to leave from the front for too much longer, man. It's time for me to retire. But um yeah, man, he's he's you know, here's the deal. The goal for me was always for him to be better than me. That's all my kids. You know, I want them to be better for me. You know, my job is just to try to pave the road. And, you know, so now I'm concentrating on grandkids that's not even here, leaving a legacy <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's kind of my thought process. How can I be healthy enough to stay around and enjoy my kids and their kids and everything else? So, yeah, Sherm, he putting pressure on me, man. He got the gas all the way to the floorboard, man. And uh, he's okay. not stopping. He's jumping. He's jumping. um, you know, um, ditches like the General Lee right now. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I'm like, Cletus, cute, 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 cute. Hey, Deshaun, let me ask you a question. How far away from your doctorate are you? Oh, I'm about three years. Okay. So no right, right, at the, right at the beginning stages, the first quarter, just checked into the game. But I want all the minutes as possible. 
Okay. Now, along the same lines and, and the way your education has gone, you are also the youngest certified NBA agent at, you were at 22 years of age. Is that right? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. So I was the youngest uh, at the time, the 2019 testing period, uh, all the way through 2020. Uh, okay. When I, when I got, when I got certified, so yes. Okay. And you're the CEO of Intrusive Sports and Between the Lines Entertainment. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your organization there. Yeah, so um, Intrusive Sports Agency is a uh, full-service sports agency representing an exclusive group of leaders and creators today. Um, we're dedicated to providing our members with quality representation, uh, education, and service through an intimate experience that replicates the family-like atmosphere. Uh, and between the lines, entertainment. Um, to put it simply, we give we give voices to the voiceless. Um, in, in all realms of life. Okay. Okay. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about the sports agent side of things and the business side of sports. You're on the inside of the ropes. You've got a, a unique perspective that most people do not have. Um, and is, you know, you hear all the time that agents, an agent's job is to do the best possible thing that they can do for their clients. A client hires you because they want you to take care of them. Does your job, do you feel, and do you handle it the way that it's actually more than that, that you're part of their family? You know, you go to their kids' birthdays, you you take time out to, to give them a call just to see how they're doing. It, it's more than just business, isn't it? Your relationship with your clients? It's exactly that. Um, that when, when you're a part of Intrusive Sports Agency, you, you become a family member. Um, life long lifelong family member for wherever we go with this it's it, the ties are deep the roots are deep and and we're we're doing all of those things that you mentioned about we're we're talking about different things in life we're talking about faith we're connecting on a on a personal level um i i i completely care about all aspects of our, of our members life and um they do the same they do the same and um as, as i represent them they're representing me and i'm i'm just I'm blessed to do so. Okay. Okay. Now, how old are you right now? 23. 23 years old. Goodness, making inroads at such a young age. But <clears throat> we expect nothing less. Um, you know, the, the, the landscape of sports, the business of it, changes uh, year to year, decade to decade. Things are you know, where they are now. Um, and where do you think they're going uh, in, in terms of, you know, we just have some of these huge contracts, you know, um, Mike Trout, $430 million, and um, Pat Mahomes has an opportunity of making $503 million. Where are we going? Are, are the numbers going to keep going up, do you think? Is it just all about television contracts and revenue? And how much money are the greatest players in their sports going to get? I think um, I, I think, especially listening to, to the live podcast, which you guys do an amazing job. Thank um, you. I think it's only going to continue to go up as, as it should, as it should. And, and, and like you said, it does have to do a lot with the entertainment factor of things. Um, and that's, that's what sports is first. Um, and I, one thing I would say is it, it's never going to be enough, no matter how much it is. But I hope it continues to rise for the player's sake um, because they, they certainly deserve it. Yeah. Um, how would you say that – the business of sports or the money in particular has changed the culture of sports or has it, maybe it hasn't 
It just seems to be, you know, when you when you're coming out of college and you're a high draft pick in any sport, one of the first things you do is it seems like on TV a lot, you know, you take care of the people around you. You buy your mom a house or a car. You know, you take care of, of that, which, you know, under any other circumstances, you might not be able to do Um how do you how do you characterize the the business of sport and the way it's changed the culture of sports? So I would say the, the economic empowerment that is now giving athletes and uh, those alike has has allowed athletes to approach um, their lives in a, in a business sense. Um, these these guys, men and men and women, um, are are making as much as small to mid-level businesses and you see them operating that way now i would say the i guess the changes that maybe you're alluding to is more not more so from the financial side but more for more so from the social social media and exposure side um and that's when you see at least in my opinion a lot of the cultural shift um the 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 money side I, i think really just validates um, the, the respect levels that their peers have for them within within the sport, um, right, and and their accomplishments, okay. um, and and now they're able to, you know, uh, uh, use that money in different ways within their life, whether it's uh, you know, just taking care of their family or or venture capital avenues or, or just saving. Sure, sure. Now, one of the things that we talked about on the last podcast is contracts especially the guaranteed ones and you know there's some sports that are more that direction like basketball and baseball as opposed to football football has a few guaranteed contracts but not as many as some of the other sports it seems to me that you only need to have really one decent one good year at the right time like maybe on your walk year at the end of your contract you have a really good year you're going to get a huge contract um now, there's some that sustain it over time. You know, the Mike Trouts of the world. Yeah, the LeBron James of the world. Sure, they're going to be worth every penny they get. It seems so. I, I look at some of these athletes in all sports, and I think, boy, they had a really good year there in uh, 2017. It was their walk year, and then they got the nine-figure contract. Contracts seem to be built on what you have done in the past and what your potential is in the future. And, you know, I, I talked to your dad about this. And, you know, I'm I'm bitter. I'm, I'm upset because once you get that big contract, does do you think the athlete relaxes a little bit? Is there do they have to play up to it? They got to make sure they're worth all because then you see guys that have down years or, or, you know, they just don't live up to what they did the previous eight years or whatever the case is. And, and you know, I'm as I say, I'm bitter because I expect a great performance out of an athlete every time, which is unrealistic, I, I think, because you're not going to have a great game every game out but you know we reward athletes for what they've done in the past and what they might do in the future but again potential is a, a word that means you're you're nothing yet you haven't reached your potential so well, what does it really mean sherm i think you looked that up what did you say it meant potential meant uh i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna have to look up the true definition of the word potential but but what but, the definition you gave me because i loved it it was great oh yeah well you know i don't like to use that kind of language hey but, I, Come on, hey Sherm. They expect us to bring the real. So okay, all right. I, what, what does potential right. mean? Potential, I said, is a French word that means you ain't crap yet. Yep. So, you ain't yeah. crap yet. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I love about it. But see, that's the thing about the future. Everything is potential, and we we reward athletes on what they might do for our uh, our franchise, especially if they're switching franchises. You know, like hey, Albert Pujols, great example. 
He had 10 of maybe the best years of any individual. If you look at his stats for those 10 years with the Cardinals, he signs a $240 million contract, comes to the Angels, and he's nowhere near that. Yeah, he's had some production, but how do you measure Deshaun? How do you measure the worth after that big contract? Because the it, it's a tale of two careers. The first 10 years with the Cardinals is very different than the second 10 years with the Angels. I know we're talking baseball. We're going to talk basketball here in just a second. But, uh, you know, I, I, what's your what's your point of view on that, Deshaun? So specifically, you know, answer to that example. First, I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of shout out a, a family friend of ours, AJ, AJ Pujols, the son of the son of Albert, um, a great oh, friend okay. of our, our, my brother, Dominic. A um, great friend of our uh-huh. family. But I think it. I think you're, I, to me, Sherm, at least, I, I feel like you're looking at it a little bit simplistically. Okay. Um, because when you have to look at all the Albert's um, production on field may not have been as great as he wanted it to be. Think about all the things that he's done for the city of Anaheim. Think about the economic impact that comes with signing a player of his magnitude, um, whether it's ticket sales, commissions, Oh, the opening of bars and restaurants yeah. and jobs that are merchandise jobs with his name happening. on it. Yes, regional regional TV contracts that got extended during that time just because Albert was the show. He he was the machine. Uh, so that that far exceeds the amount of money that he was getting paid and the the amount of return that the Angels got on the contract of Albert Pujols, not only on the field but off the field, was enormous. Was enormous. Um, and it really brought a lot of attention to the franchise, brought jobs to the city. And I think these are the things we kind of don't realize and look at. Um, when, I, when Giannis Antetokounmpo is, is, in, is in Milwaukee playing for the Bucks, the Bucks aren't typically a relevant franchise. But how many things have come off of that? Um, Pfizer Forum being rebuilt. Um, they have downtown Milwaukee that looks like an LA, LA Live type of atmosphere. And this doesn't happen without you know, the blood, sweat, and tears of Giannis Antetokounmpo, no matter what he does in the future, he's provided a lot of jobs for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've rebuilt a whole stadium, and this is off of his back. So I think in that, in those terms, players well earn their contracts just, just off of that before even stepping on the floor. Sure. And now think, it's up to them. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, just, I just think that's a small part that people forget. Um, and that's even before they step on the court. And, you know, so I just wanted to, you know. Sure. That's... That's the insight. That's why I wanted to have you on the show, because there are plenty of points that the fan looking uh, from the outside don't quite understand. All you see is the big contract. You don't see all the little things that go along with it. Now it's up to the Bucks to keep him happy and surround him with players who can win a championship. They ain't going to happen. You know, ah, okay. you know that he he out, he gone, he gone. You think hey, so? Because hey, they it was that reported boy, that he had lunch with the owners hey, and that they're uh, dedicated. Well, to he it. was doing that anyway. But if they didn't give him Chick Fil A, they they messed up. I mean, the only thing gonna keep him there is Chick Fil A. <laughs> you know, hopefully he got red status. You know, but 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 really, you know, um, like regarding Pujols, you know, also, uh, Sherm, you know, he had already, you know suffered some injuries, right, and some setbacks, right? But his heart was there, and he was class uh, act personified off the field as well. But I will say it's hard to measure that sweat equity, right? But yeah. but this is an yep. easy thing. You know, this is easy math. I'm going to go down to math one-on-one, okay? If you can pay somebody a million, you're making a billion. If you can pay somebody a million, you're making a billion, mm. okay? So he don't owe nobody nothing. Right. 
Yeah, okay? you get every get everything you can in this. Come world. on. So. Okay, you, you, I mean, come on, the Angels, the Halo, and even, um, you know, Trout's production is not where it was when he was a young buck, you know what I'm saying? But he's been able to endure, and that's the deal with being legendary, even though uh, Pujols will go into the Hall of Fame for sure. He oh, a yeah. lot. He a yeah. lot. You know what I mean? But But some guys can do it for longer stretches, right? And those are the people who resonate with us as legends in the game. Mm-hmm. And and that's the difference, right? That's the difference. But think about two small markets, and I'm gonna call Anaheim a small market for all intents and purposes because they're not the Dodgers, okay? They're not the Dodgers, all right? So they small market, and and the Cardinals as well, okay? Nobody's going out there without him out being out there for those ten years. He was knocking it out the park and doing everything he needed to do. So great story, yeah, great story. Absolutely. But the sweat equity, we cannot measure that, sure. Yeah, see, that's one of those inside things that that the casual fan doesn't take into account. Yeah, I mean, because, because, you know, they're fanatics, right? That's part of being a fan, right? They're Mm -hmm. fanatics, and, and, you know, and then society builds it up. You know, I talked about this last podcast, and I'm going to bring it up again. Every time, every every single time a dude get a bag, automatically we want to be him, him be the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still responsibilities of everybody else, but I get it. He has to put the team on his back. I mean, just look at the. I mean, right now, I'm fearing for Doc Rivers. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm fearing for Doc Rivers. I mean, even though, you know, if you know the game of basketball, by far, Denver has been the hottest team oh, yeah. in the bubble. Oh, my right? goodness. Coming back from both 3 3 1 deficits. Three right? Ones, yeah. Right. And the Lakers, you know, are going to be poised and they're going to do what they need to do because LeBron has been there before. Okay, he's been there before. He's not going to let his guys lax because they done seen what happened. They had two great stories that happened in front of them, so they're not going to get caught slipping. But let me tell you, it, players play, coaches coach all day, every day. Yeah, and you can't fire the players. You can't know. fire them. No. Okay, no okay. matter no matter how bad Anaheim was looking, you know, during yep. those time frames, Pujols wouldn't get in the walking papers. That's that, true. That, that wasn't that's happening. Absolutely true. <laughs> that wasn't happening. No, he wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, no, that's right. Hey, Deshaun, I got to ask you a question uh, about television. You know, obviously, television is a huge influence, and I'm sure you keep an eye on any collective bargaining, any television contracts. How much has the television money influenced the sporting landscape? It's a, it's a huge part of it. It's a huge part of it with regional TV contracts. And I would say regional TV contracts actually make the most of it. And you would know this with baseball. You would know this with baseball. Uh, blackouts are, are significant in the baseball field. And a lot of people rely on regional TV to, to watch to watch baseball and watch watch their favorite team. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the security of those contracts and, and the sponsorships that go behind them, um, a lot of these players' pockets wouldn't be as, as laced as you, as you alluded to. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it seems like, you know, the um, the luxury tax goes up, the salary caps go up every year because the television money keeps going up every year. Is that is one a direct result of the other? I I believe so. But, you know, there's other things we're not even taking into account with uh, with new evolutions like uh, gambling. And uh, oh. that's that's a huge caveat. Um, and, and now, you know, streaming as well. Um, which is which is a little bit different than regional TV contracts, but um, yeah, it's, it's they're all interconnected. Sure, you know I want to give a little insider information. Uh, he's really involved in this because I heard that 
and choose the sports has an entertainment side now. Is that true? Yeah, yes, it's what we want entertainment. We want entertainment. Um, can you, can you let them know a little bit about that? Let those listeners know. Yeah, yeah. So, what what do you what 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 are you planning to accomplish with that piece? I think with with between lines entertainment, we're like I alluded to earlier. We're we're aiming to give a voice to the voiceless, regardless of the sport or field within your head, but within uh, your expertise, and really just allowing individuals to tell their stories whatever that may be. Um, that doesn't happen a lot. I think a lot of times we hear the stories of people that have already made it, but we don't hear the process in which they've gotten there. Um, we don't understand, you know, these, these things like, like TV contracts or, or uh, sponsorship dollars. So allowing people to tell the story behind the story and uh, giving exposure to those things alike is exactly what the team between the lines is aiming to do. So that we're, 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 it's a little bit twofold. Um, we're, we're looking to go between the lines. And, and really focus on what what is uh, in depth. So. so you're branching off. Hey, you know, let me ask you something, Deshaun. I would, I would say we're we're tying things together. I would, oh, I, would say I we're see. Tying, we're, yeah. we're tying things together. Um, well, because because like you said, a lot of people don't understand. You know, the different side of the business. And um, right. now nowadays, it's important for the athlete and the, and those like to be able to express whatever they want to express. Yeah. And sports is sports is entertainment. There's certainly that side to it. So I think one, you know, they go hand in hand. Um, you know, Southern California probably is the one area of the country that has, I would say, the most well-known sports agents. Guys like Scott Boris makes his home here. Lee Steinberg makes her home here. Rich Paul. You know, they're, uh, they're some of the biggest names ever. And do you have uh, somebody, a sports agent who influences or influenced you as you were coming up to get to this point? Um, I would say loosely. I would say loosely. Everyone has, you know, the, their, their parameters there and uh, the, the people that they want to measure up to and eventually beat out. Um, so I do play, I do uh, pay close, close, close attention to the, to the competition and, and see, mm-hmm. you know, how, how they do things and, and kind of pick what they're, what, what things that they do right and what, things that I necessarily don't like. Um, I wouldn't mm. say there's any one in particular, but I'm a student of the game. So whoever's doing something positively and impacting the, the sports world in a positive way, I'm definitely paying attention. Okay. Do you feel like there's competition between agents? Yes. Yes. And I, I feel like a lot of agents, you know, carry that animosity. And in reality, there, there probably shouldn't be. There, You know, eventually there should probably be a, an agent union in which you know, agents come together to really solely do what our purpose is, is to collaborate about the best results and how to, and how to get the best results of our, of our athletes and, um, and within their sports life and, and life outside of sports. Um, so I would say there's, there's heavy competition, but me personally, knowing that this is a business in which, you know, my relationships, my character and, you know, my, my personal connection to an athlete and a person speaks for itself. I don't see, I, I truly don't see competition because everyone is unique in their own right. Um, and I know that there's not another Deshaun Harris out there. So, mm, Excellent. Yeah, that's a great, a great outlook, a great point. There's going to be a lot of athletes available. You know, it's, it's always hard to, well, I mean, sometimes it's easy to identify the athletes who are, who are big time. Um, finding those diamonds in the rough early in their careers. I mean, guys like, uh, was it Dwight Manley? Was that his name? 
who was the sports agent for Dennis Rodman and one other, I think. Uh, he only had two clients, and that was it. <laughs> and he could dedicate himself to that. Everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people, I'm sure, are familiar with the movie Jerry Maguire. And so, show you know, me the money. That's, yeah, that's it. But see, you need agents with scruples sometimes, you know, without saying, "Hey, it's just going to be a, a knife in the back." Uh, industry, and I'm going to try to climb over everybody doing it that way. Uh, you're going to make more enemies than you are going to make friends. I know you're not trying to make friends necessarily. You're doing business. But what is next for you, Deshaun? What, what's the next most pressing thing coming up in your future? I would, just, I would say continue to scale our, our business and continue to add great people. Add great people first. You know, it, 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 the athlete, obviously, athlete aspect is, is a huge part of it. But really, if you're welcoming great people, um, you you know what a great person is. You, like in in your field, Sherm, and, and in life, you know when you genuinely connect with someone, you know like someone who is who is upholding their their work ethic, and um, I think that's what we we want to continue to do. Okay. Very good. Hey, so uh, my last question for you is that if the Lakers get to the NBA Finals, can you get us tickets? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. I know. I, well, that, the other thing is that, yeah, the other thing is that the games. Oh, okay. Well, the games are not in L.A. this year. That That's another thing. So we're going to miss out on that Lakers-Clippers championship final. Hey, you know what? I'd like, Deshaun, thank you so much for coming on. Will you come on another podcast coming up soon? I would love to. I would That'd love be... to. Like I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, Sherm, you do an amazing job. Dad, uh, you, you do a great, you do a great hey, job. You know, you know what? Don't give Sherm too much credit because his, his <laughs> head is already head. Yep. big. I mean, we won't head. be able to get in the room with this bobblehead dog. You know, the yep. Sherm dog bobblehead is going around because his head's so big. But yep. look, look, here's the deal. Sherm trying to wrap this up. I'm not going to let you go so quick. Oh, okay. I'm going to put, you, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. All right. And yeah, this might have something to do with your, your, your livelihood and it might affect if you eat tonight. Okay, let me just tell you that. Okay, who's gonna win the battle on the court? Is it gonna be Sherm Dog or Dad Dog? I'm just wanna know because Sherm about to get bodied. I mean, you know, I'm going pretty hard, and and if he comes to the paint with that weak stuff, I'm a bam out of eye on him. I'm a bam him, just like ba- Bam hey. did did Tatum. You saw that? Hey, I'm back in the gym, so trust me, you're not going to be hey, able to looking, body me you're up. you're looking real buff there, Sherm. I didn't want to say nothing. I figured you was eating your Wheaties and doing a couple push-ups. Mm. You know what I mean? But it ain't going to save you when I put this extra weight on you. It's hard carrying another man's weight with some skill. <laughs> so, you know, so I, I want to know who you got, bro. And, and I want to know it. And, and, and it's no fences here at West Cliff. It's no fences here on our podcast. You can't straddle nothing here. I need a definitive. Okay. Is it gonna be Sherm Dog? Or me? Basketball and not and not batting practice. I'm gonna <sighs> have to take I'm gonna have to take that. That is uh, the easy he, choice. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Be a man. Stand up and be a man. Hey, he might get breakfast. Hey, he might I might have to door dash him some breakfast this morning oh for Chicken Lay for that. Tell the, just, oh, just tell don't be afraid to tell the truth hey, come on was, now if it was batting practice i would definitely lean towards the college world series uh <laughs> the person who went to a college world series but that is not the case hey hey oh. sherm here's the deal though hey I, i've been undefeated in my house for a long time in this basketball deal mm. right the only person who clipped me early right was dom 
right? And and, and I and I caught a cramp, so I don't even, I can't even give him that. You know, I caught a cramp, you know, mm-hmm. early, you know. Um, but but he 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 bodied me the last time I played Dom because normally on their birthday I used to play him in the back. That would be our thing, right? We'll play on their birthday, and I'd have shown who the who the king was. But very very early, Dom was even out, mm, maybe tenth grade, eleventh grade, but. The last time I played against Dom, his power, man, he loaded up on me so hard. He just bullied me in the paint. And that's normally why I used to get him, right? But he has gotten stronger, man. Um, so he he's my only kid, I got to say, that, you know, that, that really whipped me. I think Deshaun, I don't know if you ever clipped me or not. Deontay never clipped me. Never clipped you in that aspect. But the last, I have a similar story. The last time I played Dominic, um, he shot a he shot a shot from the three point line and it, it bounced off the glass and before I could turn my head to box out, I saw him in the air catching the <laughs> ball and, and dunking and dunking the same shot he missed from the three point line. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it sounds like you made the right life choice. Going yeah, into, definitely going into the business side of it. That's funny. definitely. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to have to get you out. Will we play our one on one game? Can you come out? Oh, I'm there. There. Okay. There. We, oh, we, we got. We're gonna have. We're every, gonna have to live stream this on, we sell on Instagram. We selling tickets. Okay. Sure. Hey, just I keep. I keep saying. Tell me when and where. I'll be there. Hey, don't don't try to bring COVID in this, man. Don't try I'm to not. act like somebody. I'm gonna you, let bro. you make the decision. You just tell we me can't when even practice. We can't even practice right now in person, and you acting like I'm ducking. I'm ready you. to go, bro. I, hey, I'm looking for you right now. I'm 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 looking for you in Orange County right now. You can't hide from me. You know what? It it's not gonna it's not gonna even be close. I am so much more athletic and I'm gonna come to, to you. I'm I got my jump shot. In, I got my jump shot in order right now. Let me see your form, Sherm. You got form? I'm in you a got closet. The I'm, I'm in my studio closet. Oh, oh, I'm sitting okay. on the floor. Okay. Hey, you know losers always make excuses, baby. Listen, <laughs> okay. I got handles in a phone booth, baby. I always got my jump shot. You know I can shoot it from one coast to another. You don't want none of this, baby. Deshaun, did you have to listen to that when you went one on one with your dad? Did he did he throw down? Did he talk smack like that? It was it was even more. It was, it was more. I was sure. Sure, I was, <laughs> was kind of younger back then, so I could do everything I was saying at that point. Oh, okay, it but now you know it's a different story. It's a different story. Hey, you remember did I had, you? I had kids young, young, so I was still young, sure. Did the did the four of you? Three boys and you have two on twos in the back. We did, oh, man, and you know, sh- sh- shout out to my late father. You know, um, William Edward Smith. Um, it's a couple of videos out there. We we talk about those things. It used to be my dad, me, and Dom on the team. You know, and this is before Dom became Dom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, now we wouldn't have to do anything. We just give him the ball, set picks. But um, it was us three. You know, against uh, Deshaun, my oldest son, Dom, uh, Deontay. And um, my nephew, you know, who's a family friend, but I call him my nephew, Christian. And we used to have epic battles. You know, we were fortunate. You know, the house we, you know, my kids grew up in, we, we pretty much had a full um, backcourt, uh, but with the three-point line, everything regulated. So, you know, ain't no, it's no secret why he's good. You know, we had a full deal back there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was everything regulated. Um you know, three-point line, you know, high school, of course, we didn't have NBA, but, you know, but it, it was it was primed and ready for, for, for competition. And I think we won most of the battles, man. My dad would at least say that. Um, but, um, yeah, we used to have epic battles back there, bro. Hmm. 
Cool. Hey, Co- Coach Schermett, Coach Schermett, I got it. I have a question for you. Okay. Who was your prediction for um, this MLB season? Who, oh, man. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised here in SoCal. And my dad's team, when they, you know, I'm going back a long way. My dad's 90. I'm, I'm lucky to still have my dad. We can watch baseball and golf together. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. And so, you know, when the Dodgers moved out here, he moved out here. And he's been a lifelong Dodger fan. Now, the Angels are in our backyard, and the Angels aren't going to do it this year, unfortunately. So I sort of have to root for the Dodgers. But there are some impressive teams that are fun. They've brought the fun back to baseball, the San Diego Padres, the Chicago White Sox, both teams. That would be a fun World Series right there. You got the Southsiders, and you got the Southern California guys. I mean, that those, you know, they got uh, Luis Robert on the White Sox. They, of course, you got Tatis on the Padres. That's the way the game should be played. You know, those unwritten rules are out the door with me. I, I don't care about those. It's not how, it's how many, you know, at the end of the day. And I, I like to watch fun baseball. A two-to-one pitching duel, okay, you know, it's going to happen. But, you know, if guys are stealing bases and slashing and they're hitting and running, that's fun baseball, and that's what those teams bring back. So while I'm rooting for the Dodgers, I wouldn't mind seeing the White Sox against the Padres. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be be fun. fun. Hey, Deshaun, thanks again for coming on. That was great to have you here. I can't wait to bring you back and talk a little bit more uh, business of sports. So you'll come back another time, right? Yes, sir. I'm definitely looking forward to it, and I can't wait myself. I appreciate you guys having me this morning. Uh, Pleasure is ours. That is the CEO of Intrusive Sports Agency and Between the Lines Entertainment, Deshaun Harris. And as always, thank you to my co-host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris, for joining me today. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound great is our sound engineer, Brandon Peterson. Brandon, great job. Beep, 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 beep. Thanks again. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics. And we thank you for your support. Keep an ear out for the next podcast. (laughs) 